I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. Hey, God bless you. Hey, this is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. I say that because I want you to go and visit the website. Look around, read. May God inspire you, whether you're a skeptic or you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you're juggling or wrestling a choice, a big decision that you have to make. Maybe my life can inspire you. Hey, I don't know it all. I get inspired by different followers of Jesus all the time. May God use this podcast and the website or the music or the YouTube channel somehow to invigorate, to stimulate, to motivate you to obey Jesus now. This podcast is a continuation from the series, Three Kinds Doomed. Part one was last week. I will consider this one part two. We're going to continue in our message concerning heaven. This is a basic heaven message. Hopefully you're inspired. Before we begin, let us pray. Father, in Jesus name, thank you so much for salvation. Thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Thank you for eternal life. This is not for bragging rights. This is not for masculinity or male pride. This is not for uh, anything less than holiness, righteousness, and spending eternity with you. God, if you didn't make a way for salvation, we as human beings could atone, pay for, compensate for our sin. In the world that we live in, it's not hard to look around and see sinners, sinful activity, sin, even within our own lives. If we are not careful, if we are not watchful, if we are not prayerful, we too will be caught up in a life of sin. But Lord, today speak to anyone who's listening anywhere in any type of platform. Mobile, laptop, speaker, family, individual, on the the job, in the car. Lord, allow your word to work in whoever wants to hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear right now what the Spirit of God is saying through his word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Again, this is Tay Love. Greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is Three Kinds Doomed. If I had a subtitle for this one, It would be called only God himself can only God himself knows. Let's continue with our introductory scripture of Revelation 21, 27. We're going to hold on to this verse. This is a verse that's going to connect us to our final verse that we'll discuss in the next podcast, which will end this podcast series, Three Kinds Doomed. This is part two. Let's read. Revelation 21, 27, King James Version. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, uh, uh, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. 
but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 21, 27, King James Version. The Living Bible Translation says it this way, and this is where we're going to spend our time digging into these clauses and pauses. Grammar, uh, root word, Greek word, uh, 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 the uh, double emphasis type of phraseology. These things are important for us to understand. And unfortunately today, what is packaged as the American mainstream Christianity, this simply is not delivered in those avenues or that platform. You have to go and do something else or something extra to get beyond just the serving size, the, the crumbs that we see served in the great majority of churches. This is not me bashing churches, meaning the church is wrong. I'm simply saying this is one platform where you can grow and grow to be strong, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, as the Bible says in Ephesians 6:10. So let's get into this. The Living Bible Translation, Revelation 21, 27, says it this way. Nothing evil we will be permitted in. No one, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So here's the clause that we're going to dig into and that's that we're going to drive with for a while. It says in this verse, nothing evil will be permitted in no one. So no one on my notes. I have it in bold. No one. I'm sure you've seen T-shirts, bumper stickers different things and it might be old now but it says don't hate the sinner hate the sin that shirt has many implications one of those implications with that phrase is hey we still gotta love people well when god speaks his word through his servants even when god speaks through his prophets Let's say in the Bible, that is God's love. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 24, a father who hates his son spares the rod. Watch this. But a father who loves his son disciplines him promptly. A father beaten tail, whether it's his son or daughter, is doing it because he loves his child. He's trying to correct. Now we see discipline in a negative light. But that's a father trying to love their child because if they didn't love them, they wouldn't discipline them. Disciplining people takes work. A coach, a, a military drill sergeant, a trainer, a teacher, a parent. It takes work to really rear a child. So if there is discipline, the Bible says the father who loves his son disciplines him promptly. Well, to say that we are supposed to love people that is correct but what does the statement don't hate the sinner hate the sin mean it means you know it implies that you can separate a person from what they do well let's look at that for a minute the living bible translation says again revelation 21 27 nothing evil will be permitted in no one immoral or dishonest but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Notice what the verse says. 
No one or those implies that they are people. Okay, no one. That's a person. But only those whose names. We're not talking about eggs. We're not talking about scissors. We're not talking about tree stumps. We're talking about people. People have names. People are, uh, uh, you know, can enter into heaven or not. So let's let's go with this for a minute. No one in those in this verse implies people. In other words, you cannot separate the sin from the sinner. Yes, we look at the person. Yes, they're salvageable. Yes, they can be redeemed, washed clean, healed, all that stuff. But we cannot separate the sin from the sinner. This would say that, hey, let's separate the eating disorder of Jeffrey Dahmer from Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey, we don't eating people is wrong, but D Jeffrey Dahmer ain't wrong. Well, these people wouldn't be eaten if Jeffrey Dahmer didn't eat them. The, the, the recent shooting in Texas. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with guns. Sure. But guns don't shoot themselves. People shoot guns. So that's what makes what is called a shooter. It's a person. It's not a gun. Hey, an active shooter is a person, not a gun. So immoral persons nor dishonest persons are evil in the sight of God. I need to say that differently one more time. Immoral persons or dishonest persons are evil in the sight of God. Notice what the Bible says. It starts off saying nothing evil. Well, what 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 is evil when a person is dishonest, when a person is 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 immoral? So man says, let's go back to that phrase for a second. Don't hate the sinner. Hate the sin. Well, let's let's look at what God says. God says, I hate the sinner and their sin. I know you are probably banging your head against the steering wheel saying, did this brother just say that God hates sinners? All right. Well, as I do all the time, I do not want you to take my word for it. Let's just read the Bible and you come to your own conclusion. Let's start off with Psalm five, verse five. King James reads, the foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. This is God saying he hates all workers of iniquity. Well, what are workers? Do our, our sins committed apart from people? They can't be. That's like a bank robbing itself. No, no, no. We know that it's a person who robs the bank. Let's keep reading. That was Psalm 5, 5. Let's go right next door to Psalm 711. Psalm 711 says, God judgeth the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. God is angry at the wicked. That's what we just read. Psalm 711. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. Man, you're telling me that God hates sinners and sin? Well, I'm not saying anything. We're just reading the Bible. Let's read one more verse. Let's go to Proverbs 6, reading verses 16 through 19. The Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Proverbs 6, 16, King James Version. We're going to read through verse 19. 17 says, A proud look, a lying tongue, 
hands and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speak of lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, King James Version. When we read these verses, let's look at can we separate the sinner from their sin? 17, a proud look. Well, what is a proud look? Hmm. You and I both know swag, uh, attitude, throwing those words. We don't look at clothes. We don't get a proud look from clothes. We don't get a proud look from landscape. We don't get a proud look from neatly arrayed groceries. A proud look is a person. How about a lying tongue? Can I go to the meat section, go to a cow tongue and say, yep, God hates that tongue. Well, cows don't really lie. They can't talk. That's not who God talking about here. Well, how does a tongue lie? A, a tongue is an instrument used in a human's mouth to make it speak. A person can't speak without a tongue. So a lying tongue is also a person. Still think that, hey, we can't separate the sinner from their sin. Well, he says hands that shed innocent blood. Okay. Well, once again, do hands commit blood and shedding and killing and murdering and all this and that by themselves? No, hands are attached to people who commit things that shed innocent blood. This clause also is speaking about a person. How about a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations? Hmm, is that a person? Yes, it is. Feet that be swift and running to mischief. They're attached to a person. How about a false witness that speak of lies? That's also a person. And here's what the Bible says. And he that soweth discord among brethren. That verse is not talking about trees, folks. Once again, that verse is speaking about people. So in just three verses, three passages, we see that, you know, the Bible doesn't separate sinners from their sin. Now, let's read this real quick. Go on to some other another another avenue as we journey in this podcast. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Please think of one or two people that you can share this podcast with. Share this message with somebody else you can grow in the word with. Maybe somebody at your church, you want to partner with them and both of y'all sit, download this podcast, walk through these scriptures and have further discussions. Let's grow in God's word. Don't let God's word stop with you. If God's word stopped with the apostles, we wouldn't be Christians today. There would be no Christianity today. God's word is living and we need to allow God's word to live through us by sharing. So be an evangelist. Share the word, even with somebody you can grow along with. Let's get back to the podcast. Let's look at the word lie. L-I-E. Lie. Okay. Revelation 21, 27 says anything that maketh a lie, it will by no means enter. And it's talking about heaven. 
Revelation 21 starts off talking about heaven and then it concludes by saying, listen, I know we said all the bells and whistles and dimensions and features and different things, but I want to say this says God and by no means will any immoral thing, any dishonest person, no evil thing will enter, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing that makes a lie. Why does God put so much emphasis on lying? Well, let's go to the Greek for a second. Lie in Greek is shudos, shudos, a falsehood, untruth, or a lie. A lie, falsehood, untruth, false religion. Well, what else does lie mean? In Greek, it's from the root word pseudomai, pseudomai. It means to falsify, lie, or it means willfully misrepresent. One word that this Greek word, pseudomai, it means mislead, to lead in a wrong direction or into a mistaken action or belief, often by deliberate deceit deliberate deceit i'm going to remind you of the word mislead here in a second that was a basic definition but let's keep reading see what happens when you read the bible is is what i'll call word webs one word takes you to another word which takes you to another word and as you continue reading these words and you 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 your 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 the depth of your uh, understanding begins to strengthen. This is what God means in Ephesians three, when He says, "And may the may may uh may may the love of Christ dwell in your hearts by faith, and may you know the riches of you know the depth, the width, the breadth, the height." He begins to say, "Hey, these are places that you can go in God, where you will know God for real." Okay. This is why we must take the time to get into God word. People glorify what they enjoy most, said John Piper. I believe that to be true. So let's keep digging. Let's dig a little bit more. Lie means to make an untrue statement with the intent to deceive. My mom asked me, hey, where were you last night? Now she asked the question. Do I just know right then? No, I've already thought about it when I was doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. In other words, it was premeditated. I told her I was going to school, but I went to my friend's house. So when I go to my friend's house, I'm already thinking about uh, what am I going to tell my mom where I've been? Okay, this is premeditated. So you are intending to deceive. Lie also means to create a false or misleading impression. I want my mom to believe that I was doing my good work at school. No, I, I, that's not what I was doing. Intent means a usually clearly formulated or planned intention or an aim. This is what lie means. When we break it all the way down, we see how broad the umbrella of lie is. And there will be so many people under this umbrella who do not spend eternity with Jesus. Now you might say, why does this matter to God? Why does lying 
matter to God? Man, that's a loaded question. I can't answer it as thoroughly as I'd like to in this podcast. But let me read you one verse to put you inside the mind of God. Everything that I am trying to share with you is an attempt to get you to see that we need to renew our minds and see things the way God sees them, not as man sees them. So John 8, 43 through 47 ESV, it reads, why do you not understand what I say? This is Jesus Christ talking. He says it is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus is still talking. John 8, 46. We're continuing to read. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Here's the punchline in 47. Whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is that you are not of God. John 8, 43 through 47 ESV. Now, this is Jesus Christ himself talking. These are the recorded words of Jesus. How people make quotes and statements from Martin Luther King and and uh, what's his name? Mahatma Gandhi and J.F. Kennedy and Theodore Roosevelt and all this. They take their words. But when we look at the Bible, the Gospels is a recorded account of the words of Jesus when he was here. So this is why lying is so important to God. Why does lying matter to God? Satan fathers what he is to get others to do what he does. Doing what Satan does gets you where Satan is. I'm going to say that one more time. Satan fathers what he is to get others to do what he does. Doing what Satan does gets you where Satan is. This is what Jesus knows And this is why lying is a big deal to God. Remember, he's telling us, he says, listen, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. All lies are fathered by Satan himself. So this is why lies matter to God. One aspect of why it lies. Again, I can't. We, we got to do that another day. Maybe there'll be a request, a comment or something. We can chase that trail another time. But let's cover a few points as we're heading towards the close of this podcast. I hope that you have been enjoying this. Please, again, think about one or two people that you can share this podcast with. It's so easy to share nowadays. Just a few clicks on your phone and this thing can be, you know, it can go viral. All right. Now, let's look back at why does lying matter to God? Number one, the act or fact of intending. See, lying deals with the heart. Truth and lies uh, are a heart issue. The act or fact 
of intending. Okay. So this is what intent means. This in, the word intent is behind lie. We see lie on the surface, but if we go deeper, we see the intent behind the lie. So if we're going to understand lie, we have got to understand intent. So let's look at the word intent again. Intent means a usually clearly formulated planned intention. It's an aim. All right. So the intent to deceive is what is behind lie. So the act or fact of intending means to intend. Another way to look at intent is purpose. Watch this, folks. Purpose means something set up as an object or end to be attained. What I get out of what I set up. Purpose. Illustration, boxing. Boxing is a good way to illustrate purpose or intent so a boxer knows how to step and move and kind of move his hands around because the boxer is trying to get you to move a certain way because the boxer's goal is to try to hit you the boxer's goal is to try and put his left and right hands on your face and body as many times over and over again as it takes to make you quit knock you out etc so in order to do that, the boxer has to move and shuffle and jam, dance and gyrate in such a way where you're really being deceived. He wants to go to the right, but he fakes left. You go right, you go left, and boom, you hit. That's the whole game of boxing. It's a intent or purpose or, you know, in a misleading exchange. I need this person to move this way because I'm trying to pop them this way. That's boxing. That's lying purposeful lying willfully intending to deceive that's lying it's like a boxer and you bop the joke upside the head with a lie instead of the truth let's move on purpose intent we're still looking at four different uh aspects a few different aspects of intent one word that is associated with intent is purpose Another definition of purpose is this, the state of mind with which an act is done. Intent, the state of mind with which an act is done or volition. Okay, what does volition mean? Volition means the power of choosing or determining. It is the will. Here's a deeper example of intent or volition. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. You just lied, R. Kelly. The only reason your body can be telling you yes is because your mind is telling you yes. When you say my mind's telling me no, that's simply, you know, a two foot little hurdle uh, for a, a, a kangaroo. To get to his mate and do what he want to do. Can a kangaroo hop over two feet? You, that ain't nothing for a kangaroo. So when R. Kelly say, my mind telling me no. R. Kelly, you trying to act like you don't want to do nothing. But you want to do something. How do we know? 
What happens after that classic song's introduction? I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. So if you if you gonna say that, brother, in your introduction, my mind's telling me no, you just lied. Do you see what I'm saying, people? So, volition, the power of choosing or determining it is your will. Again, these are the deeper things under the umbrella of intent or lie. Let's keep reading. What else does intent mean? Intent means directed with strained or eager attention. Directed with strained or eager attention or concentrated. Wow. God's word is so good. What does concentrate mean? We're almost towards the bottom of the word intent. Trust me, I hope I have not lost you. We're just covering a few definitions. We're going to summarize this thing with the word of God. Concentrate to bring or direct toward a common center or objective. Focus. Concentrate means to gather into one body, mass or force. So concentrate. Illustration, shooting. In the military, part of your basic training and continual or remedial training is shooting. You're going to shoot all kinds of weapons a lot. There are going to be some that you shoot more than others, but you're going to get into the habit of engaging targets a whole lot. Well, there's a whole science behind shooting. You've got to aim. You've got to breathe. You've got to squeeze. You've got to posture. You've got to relax. You've got to see. You've got to look. It's all types of things to help you concentrate, to put that bullet, to hit your target. That is a very, very skilled. It can be a very skilled thing shooting that's why they have what's called snipers snipers have made a whole craft and profession out of deeply deeply concentrating another illustration or a visual of concentrating again this is all deeper in the well of intent is bodybuilding if you watch a ronnie coleman a dorian yates a phil heath a Flex Wheeler, uh, if you watch John Meadows, uh, Victor Martinez, you watch these guys or the, the Brandon Curry, you watch these guys work out. They are so concentrated. They're oftentimes looking at themselves in the mirror or they're looking at the muscle that they're working. They call it a mind muscle mind connection. So they want to not only do the exercise, they want to concentrate on the grip and the squeeze and the twist and the pull. And it's a concentrated effort on just that one body part on that one exercise out of a two or three hour workout. That is real concentration because of the intent to build their body. You see, that is what's behind intent. Now, you might say, brother. That was a long way around the block. Yes, it was. It was a long way around the block because we need to go as long as it takes to understand the word of God. Let me read some scripture to you now to further this whole intent or lying. 
The real issue here is lying and why it matters to God. So let's read Hebrews 4.12, King James Version. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and here we go, intents of the heart. God say, I am concerned about what's in your heart. That's why lying is a big deal to me. So big that you can miss heaven because of it. Let's go to Acts chapter five. There's a story in the Bible, an account in the Bible. This was the early church, the first disciples or apostles of Jesus Christ. Acts five, they've all been doing different things. Chapter five hits and they've decided to sell everything. Let's come together. Let's pull our resources and be united. Acts five. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but let's hone in on verses three through five. Acts five verses three through five. Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira, they sold some land. They were supposed to give everything, but they kept back a portion. They bring it to the apostles. Here's what happens. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own? Was it not in thine own Power. You see that? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Other translations say he fell down dead. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. This is a depiction of of lying and why it matters to God. Not only that, but it's also who you are lying to. Let's read James four verses three through four King James version. It says he asked and received not because he asked amiss that ye might consume it upon your lust. Lord, if you make me rich, I promise I'll feed the needy. I'll build a homeless shelter. Lord, you know, if you let me win this lottery, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to do something great for you, God. Then this joker win the lottery. And before he know it, he got glittery shoes. He done had six months of a good time in Las Vegas, Colorado, uh, California, New York, down on beaches in Miami. And before you know it, he broke. What did this joker do? So this verse is saying, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. This is why you don't get what you pray for. Even if you fast, a lot of times that ain't going to change nothing because why? God see the thoughts and intents of your heart. Some people be putting, praying, oh, Lord, I want this person as my wife. I want this kind of a husband. Eh, you ain't going to get it because God know the thoughts and intents of your heart. Look at what James 4, 4 says. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy, is the enemy, is the enemy of God. God ain't stupid. 
The things that you have fanaticism about is because you made a friend with the world. I love let's just talk about it. Sports. A guy from Pakistan. I heard him speak one time many years ago. Uh, he came from Pakistan. He was persecuted. He fled Pakistan. He got asylum and relocated here in the United States. He has a phenomenal ministry to Muslims in the world. This brother spoke and you know what he said? He recognized very quickly after landing here in America. He says there are three gods in America, food, money, and entertainment. Oh, do we love entertainment? We won't give a social worker but $35,000 a year working with families, uh, divorce, uh, I mean, domestic violence victims, uh, you know, uh, a women's shelter. We paid him $35,000 a year, maybe $14 an hour. What do we pay quarterbacks? What do we pay people who throw a ball, play a game? What do we throw up, pay people who dribble a basketball? What do we pay jokers who swing a tennis racket? And the list goes on and on. How much money do the baseball player make? I remember one time in early 2000s, a guy named A-Rod. A-Rod, I forget what his name was, but he was one of the highest paid MLB players in the history of baseball. I think he secured something like $252 million. And we played around with the numbers. But do you get my point? We paid the social worker. The one who dealing with Ray Ray and booking them mamas trying to help these jacked up families and get some sense and start uh, working and being responsible, mature adults. We give them $14 an hour and these jokers who play a game entertaining get millions of dollars a week. Folks, God knows he knows when you've made a friend with the world. He knows that's why he calls you an adulterer or an adulteress. He says you are an enemy of mine. God knows that. Let's get back because we're not here to talk about that. That's just an illustration to show you. God knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. We could keep going. This thing is loaded. A few other scriptures for reference. If you're trying to study and understand James 3, 14 through 16. It's hard. It's hard, people. One thing I realize as a preacher, an articulator, a communicator of God's word is this. You cannot say everything. There's just not enough time. I'm not trying to run people off. I'm trying to draw people in, compel people, even you to take time to dig more and get what's on your heart, what's on God's heart. That's what the point of this is. So get these scriptures. James 3, 14 through 16. Look at what's in people's hearts. How about Ephesians 3, 20? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask for or even think. God knows our intents, folks. How about Isaiah 55, 8 through 11? God says, my ways are not like your ways. And my thoughts are not like your thoughts. God intent is not like evil men. God's intent. He don't have evil in his heart towards man. God's heart is pure and holy and just and righteous. God is not thinking like we think. 
uh, uh, let's go to Genesis 6, 5. Even the sixth chapter into the Bible, the word of God, creation just happened and Adam and Eve and we got the first murder. We have the genealogy of Adam in uh, Genesis 5 and we arrived at Genesis 6. And what happens in verse 5? The thoughts of his heart were already bare and open before God then. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, please understand the intent behind lies is why lying matters to God. You're listening to Tate Love preaching Jesus the Christ on the One Life podcast via MadeUpMind.com. I'm going to say it one more time. Please share this podcast. It's not because I want to be famous. It's because we both know people in our lives who need the word of God. One or two clicks and you can send this message to a person or two. Let God's word spread through you rather than stop with you. I'm going to wrap up with this final illustration before we read another verse. And that illustration in regards to intent is the criminal justice system. Intent is what matters to God because intent directs. It is a thing before the thing and represents the root or origin of action. Folks, in the criminal justice system, here are a few definitions concerning intent. All right, the mental element in the commission of criminal acts, intent, is discussed and illustrated with examples portrayed from investigating officers' perspectives. Criminal intent is defined as the resolve or determination with which a person acts to commit a crime. In criminal law, criminal intent, also known as men's royce, is one of the two elements that must be proven in order to secure a conviction. The other the other being the actual act or actus royce. Folks, I'm just Googling this stuff. We live in an information age. You can know just about everything there is to know, even what intent means in the criminal justice system. Let us continue reading two more points. Point number three. There are four kinds of criminal intent, purposeful, knowing, reckless or negligent intent. Finally, there are the three common law intents ranked in order of culpability are malice, aforethought, specific intent, and general intent. Specific intent is the intent to bring about a certain result, do something other than the criminal act or scienter. I might be saying it wrong. General intent is simply the intent to perform the criminal act. Ladies and gentlemen, intent will cause you to go to jail, prison, get the death penalty. They have to look at what was going on in the heart and mind of that person. In other words, they want to look at the root or origin of actions that are committed in a criminal way. See, intent matters to God, but intent matters in the criminal justice system. Folks, intent is right behind lie. If lie were a hand. The backhand of the hand of lie is the word intent. 
Now let's read this verse as we close this podcast. This is Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, King James Version. Again, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, King James Version. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I tried the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see that word fruit? The fruit proves the root. We can look at the fruit and tell what kind of tree or bush or root it was connected to. That's how imperative, vital, important fruit is. And God says, according to the fruit of his doings, the Amplified Classic Version says the same thing. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, AMPC reads, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Folks, intent is God's biggest butcher block for all eternal affairs, heaven or hell. If God can't put you in heaven, the only place for you eternally is hell. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You have listened to the One Life podcast via Made Up mind.com shout out to sound alive records shout out to uh, uh genuine life productions a shout out to uh my brothers and sisters all over the world who are desperately carefully passionately following jesus christ remember delayed obedience is disobedience until next time we only have one time to live and one time to die. Make your one count. Jesus is Lord. Hit the trash bag. Preach the gospel. Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples of all. Make disciples. One life. One death. One time. Make disciples. Make disciples.